Hello, I'm Pastor Sean. I'm here with Apostle Freddie, and we're here for another episode of Holy Days. And this one's called uh, Imor, and it's to speak or say. To speak or say. Well, I want to welcome you here, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to uh, tune in, uh, to follow along with the teachings. Uh, I just, uh, each week we come, and Pastor Sean uh, just has some great revelations each week. Sometimes it stretches me a little bit to, to look deeper, uh, but I appreciate that because uh, I want to learn the culture and learn the Word of God and understand exactly what is speaking to us today because I do believe that as we read the Old Testament, study the Old Testament, that it will, uh, we can look into the New Testament for confirmation as we've seen over and over and over that each thing that we can see it line up in the New Testament. So I uh, want you to enjoy today as uh, Pastor Sean leads us in our, our teaching for this week. Amen. Uh, if you take a look at a picture, and I'm going to see if I can't put it up on the, uh, the video version of this, and it has all the correlations back from Old Testament to New Testament, mm-hmm. and it's, it is so thick going back and forth. It's actually incredible. So some, a lot of times we miss this. Yeah. So, but part of the reason why we do this is because I want to reach out to the Jewish community, let them know, hey, you're our brothers in Christ. Amen. I know you may not believe in him, but give me a little bit of your time. We can talk. We can feel better. We can talk about God. And maybe, maybe you'll believe in Yeshua. So, and also for those who are Christian, can I teach you something maybe you haven't heard before? Can we go a little bit deeper? Can we get that bread instead of just the milk? Amen. Let's let's see what we can do, you know. So let's dive right in. In this parsha, we find the command uh, say, or uh, and it's also the counting of the Omer. So uh, you should count for yourselves, beginning with the day a- uh, after the day of rest, when you bring the Omer wave offering. So seven weeks shall be counted, completed until the day after the seventh week. So fifty days. Fifty days. The period between Passover and Shavuot is called the counting of the Omer, also associated with the fifty gates of understanding. Now, as they travel each day, this was uh, when they were on the. They just celebrated Passover. They're out of the land of Egypt. They're on their way to Mount Sinai. Okay. So each day is a new gate, uh, the fifty gates of understanding. So from a Jewish perspective, what they're saying is each day we're going to draw a little bit closer to God. Each time we stop, we're going to get a little bit better with our understanding. We're on our way to Teshuvah, to repentance, before God at that mountain. So it's like a changing of the way they walk, a changing of their lifestyle. You know, as we look in, what we would be looking at anything today of 50 days is from resurrection to Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Pentecost Sunday is 50 days, um, and that's what Pentecost means, is 50. But Jesus told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand. They just think, well, they kicked back in their recliner, lifted up their feet, and had a glass of iced tea, and, and waited. It wasn't that. It was drawing closer. Mm -hmm. It was prayer. And if you spend days in prayer over a matter, uh, especially if you spend 50 days seeking the promise, not really sure the full detail of the promise, but seeking the promise. And what happened is every day you draw closer. Every day you draw closer. And that is what we are on this journey is every day of our life. 
draw closer to Christ, mm-hmm. to live more like he would live. And so we can see that with Pentecost, and we see that here as they drew closer. So they didn't have everything built yet, but imagine it this way. They had their tent set up. They had the Levites in the middle. They would make a sacrifice in the morning, pack everything up, follow the cloud, mm-hmm. settle down that night, make the evening sacrifice, go about uh, worshiping God and learning to walk with God. So each and every day they had to follow him, they had to make the sacrifice, and they had to do this until they got to the seventh day. Seventh day they rested, spent you know time praising God and doing things of that nature, mm. and then they're back at it again for 50 days. Mm. So they had to... Uh, the first six days you pick up, travel, and you, you know, you're following this pattern, this mm-hmm. outline of service unto God. So everybody's participating in this okay. on the way to Mount Sinai. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. In the Kohanim, the priests, Moses spoke to the priest about holiness, and they in turn are to tell their children about holiness. So interesting enough, the word emor is in verse 1. It is presented as past present and future tense in one scripture and it goes uh, and Adonai spoke there's your past to Moses speak there's your present unto the priest of uh, sons of Aaron and say future tense unto them there uh, there shall none defile himself for the dead among his people so the Jewish community and your uh, priest took this to mean that the, the priest should be set apart and holy. God always provides what is evil. And what other nations have practiced, that is evil. As Israel was a nation of holiness unto God, so we should today be a people of Yeshua called out and holy unto God. But with this speak, say, speak, and all of that, and spoke, it's uh, you got a three-part. So they want to cover the word three parts deeper. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to cover the past. I'm going to speak about that, Mm -hmm. what happened. I'm going to speak about our present Mm -hmm. and what God's doing there, and I'm going to speak about the future. So in that first verse, they take that little section and say, hey, I'm going to speak about all three. So on this journey of Teshuvah, we're going to speak about all three each day. Amen. So it's it's just kind of an interesting thing. It is. So God instructs Moses to give the priest even more instruction and commandments. He goes deeper into it. He called them out. Now he's leading them even further. Time to go a little deeper. Whether Jew or Christian, you are God's representative on earth by how you live. Hearing the word and doing the word in James uh, chapter 1, verse 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Um, so think about what all the priests had to do to get into God's presence. And a lot of Christianity today, they say, we don't have to do anything. But... Come boldly to the throne room of grace. I like to add, if grace does not change you, if no worship or prayer life is evident, then <clears throat> just not pursuing truth. Mm-hmm. You know, And it's uh, grace leads a person to a repentance, to follow after God, to acknowledge how much we need Him and His help not to sin. And furthermore, have the indwelling of His Spirit. So to this point... Uh, the point of true fellowship. So, and not just relationship. So, grace leads to these things, mm-hmm. but it's not everything. Right. So, you know, too many people, you know, I believe in grace, and it's by the grace of God that we're saved. Uh, but <clears throat> I don't want to be 
uh, misleading people that it's, you know, it's all covered by grace because that, we do have a part to play. Uh, and I, uh, everyone thinks, well, God's grace. And the scripture says God's grace is sufficient, but it's, it's sufficient that we do our part Amen. And, uh, and walk and he'll give us the grace to do that. So sometimes we'll get uh, preachers or other people that just take one word in the Bible and their entire foundation and everything they do is based off that one word because it was popular. And I, I, I don't agree with that. I teach the Bible and everything in it, whether I like the subject or not, whether it's popular or not. It's, it's, we're called to teach the whole thing. Yes, we do have certain aspects where God will bless us in, but at the same time, teach the word because we'll be judged on it. So grace to hope, hope to faith, faith to love. If you truly believe he is God and he is good, he leads you ultimately into his love. So it's that from relationship on deeper into fellowship with God. In the heart of his presence, there is clarity. God said, I mean, John said, God is love. Mm -hmm. So Ahava is the word in Hebrew. And you know, when they, when they used to say the name of God, they, what they've done in English is, hey, I'm going to take Elohim, I'm going to take Elohai, I'm going to take some of these different ways to say God, and I'm going to use those valve points and put it in the yud vei and that's where we get Yahweh from. But also, if you were to take what John said, it would, it would make it, you know, Ahava is Yahava. That would be the way to say it. So if God is love and you take those valve points and put them in... It's just another way to look at it. Mm. But we don't technically know that name with the accurate vowel points because we, we didn't descend from the uh, Levitical priesthood. We'd, uh, maybe some of them know today, but it's the true name, the exact way to say it was you know, known by Moses and his priests, but we may not know anywhere today exactly how to say it. But, you know, it, it'll be revealed in time. Amen. But, if we truly believe in his love, then we walk out his journey for us. I worded it that way on purpose. His journey for us. Not our journey. His journey. You know, I, <clears throat> we always got this thing, I did it my way. And, uh, you know, that's a song. Mm -hmm. that's, and a lot of people love that song. He did it his way. I, I did it my way. But when we come to the scriptures, we got to do it God's way. Uh, that's the only way you're going to be blessed. You have to find out what God's plan is, his journey for our life, and do things his way. And that is walking a spirit of repentance and obedience unto him. Amen. Amen. And if you were to take it, like I said, with Yahava, I mean, Ahava is Yahava. If you were to do it with that word, it would mean self-existent father of love. So he's self-existent. No one created him, but he is the father of love. So it, it's just one of the ways it could mean it. But, uh, you know, in the Bible, you know, trust in his direction for us and not pursue whatever we want. Is it like, it's a basis of the Bible. And if you love me, you will obey me. It's scripture. So we'd like to leave that one out. We just talk about grace. Hey, you can go do whatever you want for the rest of the week. That's not really how this works. You know, <clears throat> I want to, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, we talk about salvation. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and we know that when you lead someone to salvation, 
they come to understand the scripture that Christ uh, died on the cross for their sins and he bore their sins and that he rose from the, the dead and entered into heaven. And we confess that with our mouth and, and we're saved. We're born again. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What we've done, we've entered the family. Mm-hmm. We've entered into the realm of the kingdom of God. And, uh, but, you know, God, and, you know, it's like we get in the door. Well, let me camp out right here inside the door. I don't want to go further with God, but I want to camp out just enough to be inside the door that I can still look into the past mm-hmm. or step back over and back and forth. And um, that grace theory, <clears throat> we step in the door, we are, we, we got in that door by grace. And, uh, but, you know, we have to gro- go away from the door further deeper because there are several passages in Scripture in the New Testament where uh, we take the, of the, the ten virgins or where uh, Jesus said those that stood and said, uh, they'll come at the knock on the door mm-hmm. and he'll say, depart, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. Well, they said, wait a minute, did we not uh, prophesy in your name? Well, who prophesies? Do the heathens prophesy or the Christian? Uh, did we not cast out devils? Who cast out devils? The heathen or Christians? Uh, did we not do this in your name? Did we not do this in your name? And so these are believers. Mm-hmm. At least inside the door, believers. But he says, depart from me. I never knew you. And they shall, but then he'll say to the others, you come and inherit mm-hmm. the kingdom of heaven. So, you know, it's one thing to get in the kingdom, get in the family, yeah. but to inherit eternal life. You know, we've got to go deeper and further. And so, that's what you're, you're saying here, the same thing. To him who overcomes, I will give the crown of life. So what, it, what it's saying in everything that he's saying is we have to go a little bit deeper. We have to have that relationship and to fellowship with God. What does God want? He wants to know you. And he points it out plain in the parable of the virgins. Because they did some of these things and they worked for him, but inwardly they weren't right. So imagine that as being a preacher, you're anointed. You have the gifts. You can operate in them. But your inner prayer life and your inner life and the things that you face day to day and spending time with God, a wreck. What happens? They knock. Did I not do this in your name? When does ministry and pleasing people become more important than spending that time with God? It's a very dangerous ground to walk. So I say to anyone... Work on your relationship with God. Work on fellowship with God. Worry about ministry later. You know, the Bible, in a way, it talks about it. Yes, we're supposed to do these things for God. And yes, we want to do ministry. And yes, we want to do all of this. I'm I'm not saying not to. But what I'm saying is, God wouldn't tell you not to take care of your family just to go preach somewhere. Mm -hmm. He's going to tell you, why didn't you take care of your wife? The Bible talks about this. The priests mistreating their wives and mistreating different people. It mentions this kind of thing. If we're supposed to live out this life, and it should be evident in every area of our life. This is what they're learning on this journey to Mount Sinai. 
Let it be evident. Obey me in every area of your life. So they have to get up. They have to pack up. They have to follow the cloud. They have to listen to the priest. They have to go about their life drawing close to God each and every day. That's the point that we're trying to make. Right. Is that drawing close to him. Uh, if you love me, you will obey me. And that doesn't mean, hey, I'm just going to go cast out a few devils and maybe raise the dead and use some gifts. But my personal life, I don't even talk to God. All I do is pray for the gifts. All I do is pray for to be anointed. And I don't want that relationship with him. I don't want to obey what he says. I want to do what I want to do. These are dangerous grounds to walk. And the Bible makes it clear. You're not going to get into heaven simply by going out and doing good work. Not by just one act. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes continue walking with the Lord on a day-to-day basis. I've said this many times. If what you did for the Lord yesterday is still big in your eyes today, Mm -hmm. then you haven't done enough for the Lord today. Amen. And it's the same point I want to bring across, uh, you know, with a lot of Christians today. They come to church, they attend, hey, I feel better because I went to church this week, and they just go about the rest of their week. Where's the relationship? Where's the fellowship? Where's that closeness to God? Where's any of it? If it's only exist on Sunday morning, which I know yeah. any pastor will tell you, it can get frustrating looking out at the crowd and like, you came in here with the same baggage you had last week. I already know you didn't pray. I'm going to smile. I'll shake your hand. But where's that fellowship with God? Yeah, That's where we want to be real spiritual and sound like the Lord when he told uh Moses, uh, when he led the children, uh, you've been on this mountain long enough. <laughs> uh, get off this mountain, move forward. And so sometimes uh, we want we want to stuck on that same mountain in our in our spirit of self pity or, or whatever it may be. And uh, it's it's take the word of God and put it to action and take a step further and grow. Move with God. So, amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, led by His Spirit to grace led by his spirit to hope, led by his spirit into faith, by his spirit to love. Amen. Amen. What is the sign of the end times of God people of God's people? They love one another. Mm-hmm. If you truly love one another and it's not about ministry or oh look at me or any of these nature things and you're in true fellowship with God, you love one another. It's the sign. So no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. That's Psalms 84, uh, 11. And I, I've always read that one. And, uh, you know, there are times where I've struggled with things in personal life and different things. And it's like, <sighs> but that scripture keeps coming to mind. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's pushing, pushing, you know, keep on pursuing. And, you know, if you're having struggles or things that you can't seem to get past, it's often a thought. Mm-hmm. The, the, the mind plays tricks on us and it'll be one thought, one stronghold, one thing that comes against us. And it's just asking God, hey, can you help me deal with that thought? Instead of just saying, no, no, I, I believe this, I believe that. No, 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 but no, you really don't. You really don't. Mm-hmm. That's the point I'm getting across. There are some questions that I have that God has never answered, even though I've begged and he will not answer. It's like, do you trust me? So I have had to learn, say, God, remove those thoughts. You have to do it. I can't do it. I've tried. I need you to do it. It's by his spirit drawing close to him every day. Because you can't bypass those thoughts on your own. 
you got to get God to, to remove them out. So think about the children of Israel. They have to get up, pack up, and walk and learn every day, whether they feel like it or not. They have to follow the cloud. You don't want to be out there in that desert without that cloud over you. Mm-hmm. So they had to push past the ideas of Egypt. They had to push past false gods. They had to push past their own thoughts in life and learn to walk the way they need to. And that's what we're, that's what we're talking about. Amen. So if you don't have all the love of God you want, go through the process of teshuva. This is the process of repentance. So if there's a thought that exalts itself, if you're struggling in any area, go through the process. Bring it before God. Um, the throne room of grace, believe you are forgiven and it's blotted out. So don't dwell on the sin. Yeah. Let it be blotted out and dwell on fellowship with God. You can't live in the past and, and embrace the future. You've got to, we have a past, and, uh, but we have to uh, let our past go mm-hmm. and go forward with God. Uh, you know, <clears throat> walking with God, it's, sometimes it's, it is that walk of faith because we don't know what tomorrow holds. We trust Him. We walk in trust and faith. But uh, as we do that, we build uh, that relationship with the Lord. That you know, when the Lord can look down and say, and says, "Sean, he he trusts me," then the Lord will give you more mm-hmm. or, or allow you to do more because you are already trusting. And uh, so, you know, what we do, we individually have to learn to trust Him even more. Because we get, you know, we trust him for the little things. Now we've got to trust him for even bigger things. Absolutely. And so it process growing with the Lord each and every day mm-hmm. is what, what one of the things that we're talking about, drawing closer to him. Amen. Uh, Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen. While bounding in hope and taking up the shield of faith so that you may cast down every vain imagination, the evil one sends you, proclaiming the goodness of God. See, that's... Casting right. down every vain imagination. Mm-hmm. You know. So I can't do it myself. I need his help. God help mm-hmm. me cast mm-hmm. down this thought, this thing that's plagued me and come up every time I go to seek you. Yeah. You know, and Satan tries to build us up, making us look at ourselves, how great we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to cast down those things. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's not, <clears throat> you know, we're doing any miracles. It's God that, that does the miracles through the obedience. Mm-hmm. Amen. And with the shield of faith, we know hope does not disappoint because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. So we're on that journey. So we got past hope. Now we're on to faith. God loves you and died for you and to give you an abundant life. Yes, there is persecution, but not lack. God did not make us for lack. Stand strong and true. So... We're going to move on to chapter 21, but what I want to point out here is if you have lack in your life, I'm going to say it. It's not God's will. It's not God's will for you to live in lack. It's We are promised to have persecution because Jesus had persecution, but he never had to have lack. He became poor for our sake. He took on all these things, the, the stripes, 
the bruises for our, our iniquities, our sins, our emotional healing, our physical healing. He took on everything. We're not supposed to live broken. Right. So, <clears throat> Well, <clears throat> the scripture we, we read quite often in John 10.10, 10, uh, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and that you may have that more abundantly. Amen. Uh, God wants you to be blessed. He, he wants you to, to, to walk in these things. Uh, but, you know, we're, I looked up a scripture, uh, just want to get the right reference on it. Uh, Luke 18.8 is a very powerful scripture. And, uh, and we were talking about from grace to hope to faith. Uh, and the this, this scripture sometimes <laughs> troubles me. Uh, but it's found in Luke eighteen eight. I tell you, uh, will he see uh, when uh, this is? Well, I didn't move, lost off. Of, uh, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith on the earth? Um, you know that is something that he tells us from the beginning that when he left, when he returns, will I find faith? He wants faith. He wants us to walk in faith, not in fear. Uh, you know, fear is false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, he wants us to walk in faith. And so the progress that we just study in today, grace, hope to faith. And so as we walk, we're, we're saved by faith. But uh, it's the grace that we we're saved by grace. We're, we walk in hope and then we build faith. Same three, three steps. Amen. And, you know, uh, if, you're, if you're in a position where you say, well, you don't know what I've been through. I've been through some pretty good stuff. <laughs> so if you're in that situation, there's an email at the end of the broad podcast. And I'll put it on the, uh, for the audio version as well. Mm. Email us. We'll pray with you. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. Pray with us and we'll help you with that. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, making that journey. Like I said, if, you, if you're stuck in a repeating cycle, what's the thought? What's your thoughts? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything else. Well, you focused enough because we're we're poking the bear, so to speak, <laughs> off for some people, and I know that, and I know that because I've been in that spot. But uh, we'll we'll press on. In chapter 21, priests can go uh, near a dead body if it's a close relation. However, the high priest was not allowed to do so. Uh, they were not allowed to marry a prostitute or someone who has been divorced. Uh, if a high priest's daughter prostituted herself, both her and her father were considered unclean. She had to be burned to death. Mm. It's pretty serious because he's the high priest, the direct representative mm. of God. So imagine if a pagan culture had something like that done. Well, they'd kill her in the street. So there is, uh, you can't get away with not showing God reverence here because it's showing you and it's demonstrating he is God, but also at the same time, uh, he does judge. Absolutely. And we have to have that covering with Jesus because imagine how many people have made mistakes and done done things. So there were strict guidelines though, where certain sins were not covered by an animal sacrifice. Mm -hmm. It's important to remember that. So how does God really feel about it? Look up the sins. He'll tell you how he really feels about it. So if you find yourself in one of those, I would uh, seek God on that because it's it's very important. I know this one seems harsh, so let's talk about it. Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice to blot out our sins, had not yet come. They did not have the indwelling of the Spirit or access to grace the way we do. He is a holy God that must judge. 
That's what I was going over. Animals' blood does not cover everything. The Bible makes it clear right here. So why make people do it? Why make them do it? If we wait on God to judge, it's like waiting for the Supreme Court to judge in a case for us. Hmm. It's final. But if, if we judge, then the priest's daughter has a chance to acknowledge guilt and sin and ask God to forgive her through the earthly judgment uh, before you get to the final white throne judgment. So I want you to look at that. What am I saying there? Uh, if we judge on earth mm-hmm. and they've already paid the price, are they eternally damned? I'm just going to point that out there. This is a serious question because people have debated this for years. Right. At the white throne judgment, will, is God not a just God? Does he not look at their entire life? Does he not look at everything? Yes, there's only access by Yeshua, but Yeshua had not yet come. That she was doing her best to obey, slipped up, did something profane, and got judged for it here on earth. What's going to happen for eternity? Is it right to eternally damn someone that only ever made one mistake in their life? I don't know the answer to these things. So God is the judge, and he's the ultimate judge in the end. I'm going to point that out. But think about the mercies of God. If I judge them here, do I really have to eternally damn them forever? It's a thought. Mm. It's a thought. I just want to bring that out. Because we look at it as being so cut and dry and just, wow, why is he that strict? Maybe there is a reason for it. So remember what Jesus said in Matthew uh, twelve forty one to the people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it, for they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. So we look at that. The priest's daughter was already judged. It is necessary. Is it necessary to do so again if she repented on her way to death? There's just another thought. Dear God, forgive me. You know, it, it is, you know, we know today that once we can be just like the thief on the cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we repent at the last second, the last hour of our death, uh, then we know that we are saved according to the word of God and scriptures. Uh, you know, but... As we do our best to live as Christians, uh, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to sin. But that's why it's important to constantly, uh, you know, be seeking the Lord's forgiveness uh, that he can cleanse us. And, you know, the word repent means to turn away from and not do that no more. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... We have to have true repentance. And I believe true repentance, when we're uh, remorseful and true repentance, not just remorseful because we got caught, which uh, a lot of times, you know, we can see that, but truly repent. And and, uh, God knows the heart. And that's what God looks at. He judges us by our heart. And uh, if he sees the heart of one, then I do believe in total uh, that, you know, God is the redemption of God, of Jesus Christ on the cross, and that we are born again and we're saved and we will inherit the kingdom of God. But we can't walk in a, a false pride. I'm, uh, I'm just going to say it. Once saved, always saved. You know, uh, 
it just doesn't work that way. It'd be great if it did, you know, uh, but not everything has gravy on it. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. But, you know, we just need to uh, truly search to live a holy life unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, Ecclesiastes puts it this way. For our, uh, our lives, what should we dwell on and consider and try to figure out? So in verse 12, 13 through 14, Fear God and keep His commands. This is the whole duty of humans. For God shall bring every deed into judgment, every hidden thing, whether good or evil. Mm -hmm. uh, the hope that God will bring true judgment and clear away every useless thing. Everything that has no meaning in our lives, we should walk uprightly before uh, that day. So it's uh, why? Because it's better to judge ourselves before He does. Amen. I'm just going to point that out. Those who had uh, defects of any kind could not uh, go beyond the veil in the temple or go up to the veil, I should say, is what it's trying to say here, to commune with God. Uh, but they could eat of the sacrifice. So if a priest had a son that was uh, defective or, you know, something was wrong anywhere, he could eat of the sacrificed food. So someone who was maimed or dwarfed or any defect could not enter the Holy of Holies, though. You could not be a high priest or you could not serve in that function. Um, there is no defect in God's presence. That's what's important to remember there. It wasn't to punish them. But there is no defect in God's presence. Remember, everything in the temple represents Yeshua and God in some way. So all of this had to be done a certain way. Um, then when you get to, he to heaven, your spirit and your new body is not maimed or dwarfed, uh, but whole and complete and holy before God Almighty. So they do get to go and spend time with Him, just not in, this, in the life that they had. But in chapter 22... Uh, it talks about not letting any outsider from the priestly families to eat the sacrifices to the Lord. And if anyone did this, even without realizing it, they had to pay the f for the food plus 20%. So if you ate of the food of the sacrifice or any of that stuff, and it reminds me of the showbread and uh, David grabbing it and going mm -hmm. and feeding his men. Mm -hmm. So there were certain exceptions, mm -hmm. but it's, it wasn't lawful for him to do that either. Even the food from sacrifices unto God is still considered holy after it's cooked. Uh, they cannot profane it like other nations did. So, like truth and deception. So, uh, I'm going to sacrifice this to a demon and then I'm going to try to feed all of you it. Mm. Or I'm going to make this uh, shot and try to give it to everybody and try to put it in food and everything else. So... Uh, be careful with what we'll, we'll word go it. there. <laughs> it goes into offerings being the best again, not to present something to God that is not your best. You can do uh, that with false deities, but not with God Almighty. So remember how he was uh, in the Bible, I think it's in uh, Micah and some of the other areas, uh, in Malachi, that he talks about... Go to these other temples. Go to your governor. See if they will accept this offering. Yeah. So it's... It's talking about that. So in chapter 23, in the month of Nisan, Pesach, Matzot, and Heomer, which is Passover, Unleavened Bread, and first fruits, the counting of the Omer, 50 days until Shavuot, which is Pentecost for us, in the month of Sivan, four months later, Yom Teruah, which is uh, uh, it's, uh, trumpets. Oh, I don't know why I'm, well, I got lost there. Yom Kippur is atonement, Sukkot is tabernacles. And then it leads to Shemini uh, Atzeret, which is the uh, 
the assembly. So it's the eighth day assembly. So it specifically mentions that as a separate event. We'll go there in a minute. These holy days are extremely prophetic and give us clues into the timeline of God. So all of these things with the feast, are, they, they show you what happened in the Old Testament. They're just going to show you what's going to happen. And they have a prophetic timeline as well as with the harvest cycles. But we're not going to get into all that today. But Passover and unleavened bread, sins blotted out. Shavuot is revival and refreshing. And tabernacles is restoration. It's the complete restoration. So Sukkot, or tabernacles, is a rehearsal for what is to come. The Bible says that here. This is rehearsal. Mm. So when God Sukkot tabernacles among his people, the eighth day assembly is fulfilled at the end of the thousand year reign of Christ. Mm. So that's what we're pointing to. When God comes down and dwells with Jesus uh, and the Holy Spirit, they're all here on earth. It's a, it's a great gathering, an assembly. So... Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, uh, Pentecost had its fulfillment in Acts 2, was also the day of Moses received the Ten Commandments. So that's Shavuot. Uh, that's Pentecost. That's where they were headed. That's the journey we're talking about. So the Feast of Trumpets, the church, those who believe in Yeshua as Messiah at the sound of the last trump, raptured out. Mm -hmm. No man knows the day or the hour. Feast of Trumpets had a priest that would go out and declare when the moon cycle began. So he would declare when the Feast of Trumpets actually starts and when it ends. They had to have uh, at least two, and they would go out and declare, this is when it begins. So they had to look for themselves to see. And it's a two-day cycle, not one. So many of your preachers today believe that the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, is when the rapture will take place. You know, and and that is, when we look at things like this, it does point to that, and, and we can we can believe that that is the season. But there is several incidents in the Bible where God did break uh, the rule of thumb. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I, I want to just point it out because that you just said it, and we believe it, that no man knows the day or the hour. Mm -hmm. And uh, never will I try to tell you this, this date, this year, or yeah. whatever is the, the rapture of the church, because I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, we will know seasons, and uh, the season is when we're in the last days. Well, I, I believe that most people will agree that we're in the last days, mm -hmm. uh, most every preacher. Uh, but it does. It does make a, a strong argument that during this time frame, the festival of trumpets, uh, the trumpet will sound, those in Christ will be resurrected up. So uh, I do believe in that. And it very well could be in that season. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't give us a right to live for the devil. You know, 11 months out of the year, we come into this season. Now let's get right with God. And one of the, the reasons of that, because uh, tragedy, accidents, uh, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. And uh, over the, the past... Uh, 29 years of pastoring, uh, there has been uh, too many occasions where on Sunday morning uh, that I pleaded with uh, someone or the, the someone in the congregation uh, to make that day their a day of salvation uh, and to only get a phone call that evening. And this happened, this has happened on a couple of occasions that there was an auto accident and so-and-so was killed. And they were sitting in church that morning. Uh, and 
and the many times it has been on days where I really felt a strong urgency that someone needed to make the response uh, to the message of, of salvation. You know, that may be you today. You may be listening to us, uh, you know, it may be a week later, a month later from this podcast, but you're, uh, you're listening to this message today and uh, you've been wavering, you've been on the fence, you've been thinking about it. Uh, you, but today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to make things right with the Lord, not saying, okay, well, I can, uh, the Feast of Trumpets, that's in September, October, I can wait. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. And we don't want one person uh, to uh, miss the, the blessings of God. And, you know, th- that alone, you know, the moment that you're born again, the moment that you confess Christ, as you, the, that very moment is that your world turns around and you start walking in, in blessings of his divine touch. So uh, it's not a, don't take anything we're saying that I have, uh, you know, Jesus told the disciples, don't say there's four months till the harvest, the harvest is ready. So, Amen. And, uh, you know, remember the parable of the virgins. Yeah. So they came at the last moment thinking they could repent and be ready. They had to go buy oil. Mm. Their oil was empty. Their holiness, their prayer life, knowing God, getting close to God. They go and make themselves right, but they come back and it's too late. Mm -hmm. That's what that parable is standing for. So, Apostle, right in the middle of this, let's just stop what we're doing. What is the person, what's the kind of prayer they need to pray to be saved? The prayer for salvation is simple. And uh, basically, for you have to confess that you're a sinner. The Bible tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And uh, in Sean, myself, we, we were once sinners, and, uh, and we, we fell short. But the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ paid the price on the cross for our sins. And just like you today, Jesus Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago, for the remissions of all men's sin. Because the Bible says that God desires all men to be saved. Not just some men, not just chosen people, but all men to be saved. That's God's desire. So God's desire is for, for Sean, myself, and for you today to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So basically what I'm asking you to do is say, uh, pray a simple prayer. Lord, I've sinned and fallen short. I'm a sinner. But I invite Jesus into my life and I ask Christ to forgive me of my sins. And once we do that, once we pray that prayer, we ask God to forgive us of our sins. They are, they are forgiven. They're washed away. All things, you know, I love the scripture in 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Those who are in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. You know, I'm not who I used to be. That is uh, so many people over the years, you know, when we started pastoring. I was 39 years uh, before I started pastoring. Uh, I was, you know, I had done some things before I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And But, you know, in 39 years, people would say, oh, I know him. I know him. I know what he did and, and the kind of person he was. And, and some of the, the stories may be true. Not all of them, <laughs> but some of them may be true. But the point is, once you're born again, 
That means born again. Uh, you know, you're newborn. You're, you're a new creation. And old things have passed away. You know, not, too, not, not any other way uh, can we have our past erased and blotted out except through the blood of Christ. And that's what he wants to do for us. So admit that you're a sinner. Accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and believe that you're saved and you'll walk into it. You know, as simple as ABC. Amen. Amen. That's, so, that's awesome. Uh, everyone can be saved and uh, you don't have to, to do it uh, uh, any particular way. You know, there's people who got saved in uh, parking lots and uh, your shopping centers. They've gotten saved uh, at church. Um, but, you know, wherever you are today, sitting in your living room, in your car, uh, you pull up, just take a moment, ask God to forgive you of your sins, invite him into your heart, and he will be to do that, and you will be saved. Amen. 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 If you do that, be sure to email us, let us know. We'll try to get you plugged in somewhere, wherever you are, and hopefully it'll help you find a good church and uh, send you any resources we can. So just let us know. We would love to hear from you. Amen. So. We'll continue the lesson, and then maybe we'll have a we'll have a prayer of salvation at the end. Amen. So let's get let's uh, get in here. So the church is removed in Revelations. Mm-hmm. The final emphasis is on Israel and not the church. So atonement, a time to afflict your souls. Judgments begin being poured out. Everything uh, we read in the book of Revelations, you know, it's it's the day of atonement when Yeshua judges the nations and the earth. So uh, you. You got that season. That's what that stands for. That's what I believe that atonement is going to be for in the future because it's, it's judgment being poured out on the earth. Mm-hmm. And then you have tabernacles. It follows the events into um, Yeshua, you know, he's dwelling with those who repented, uh, did not accept the mark of the beast, and those who were raptured for a thousand years. Uh, not raptured for a thousand years, but, you know, raptured and came back. Uh, but... Tabernacles stands for God dwelling with us. So judgment's already been poured out with atonement, and then we go into tabernacles. These are seasons where God is showing what he's going to do prophetically. And also the harvest cycles, if you look them up and study those, I don't have time to get into it today, they all coincide with these, and they mirror these feasts. And it's it's amazing how it does that. Uh, But at the end of this, the devil gets to tempt the nations again after 1,000 years, mm-hmm. uh, after he is defeated and uh, thrown into the lake of fire, the Father comes and dwells with Yeshua with us on the earth, the Shemini Atzeret that I mentioned before, Eighth Day Assembly. So thank God for that. You know, we're going to get to dwell with God on earth, uh, with Yeshua, with the Holy Spirit, with uh, all of them. And, you know, there's three and yet they're one. I'm not going to get into the Trinity argument, but uh, it's... You know, having, knowing that's how it ends. See, for a thousand years, you get to learn to be priests. Mm. We all are going to have to go through it one way or another. So it's good to learn this now. Mm. But uh, there is, uh, you know, learning what everything meant and what God wanted for us. That's what we're talking about. So they're on the way to repentance. They're on the way to Sinai. Uh, And we're going to get back into, we'll go ahead and go to chapter 24. But I just want to say, you know, Looking forward to that eighth day assembly. Looking forward to Jesus coming back for the thousand years. We have that to look forward to. So no matter how bad it gets, which it's not looking great out there in the world right now, 
don't dwell on those things and don't watch them all the time. It's uh, find something good to watch and something holy, something pure. You know, think on these things. Yeah. You know, the scripture. So that's that's the process of heading to Mount Sinai. That's the process of heading to Shavuot to repentance. So we're heading to that season, and then chapter 24 comes in, Command the people to bring you pure oil of pressed olives for light, to keep the lamps burning continually. Mm-hmm. So keep your prayer life continual. Yes. Keep it uh, intercession continual. Keep uh, professing those words of faith, hope. You know, you got grace, hope, faith that leads to love. Go deeper. Keep confessing these things. Never give up, because... What do you get if you give up? Yeah. Yeah. We mustn't let our light go out. Yes. We must keep it burning. Mm-hmm. So Aaron and his sons were to take care of the light burning in the temple. All night long it had to burn. So somebody was always on watch. Uh, a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation. That law never expired. Hmm. It never expired for you to let your light go out. Whether you're Jewish or Christian or anyone else, your light is not to go out. Your prayer life is not to go out. Your time spent with God is not to go out. Mm-hmm. Your professing of faith, everything in your life, everything you've learned in Yeshua so far, in God, in the Bible, it is not to go out. That's what that's saying. Amen. So, did this stop because the temple was destroyed? For Christians, we know the parable of the virgins and the oil. How many times have we mentioned that in this yeah. podcast? <laughs> What happens if you let your light go out? I never knew you. The Jewish believers who may not be convinced of Yeshua but, on, but obey Torah, I'd say, remember how God says these sacrifices are worthless before Israel was destroyed. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Never let your light go out and find the heart of God. God wants to talk to you. In verses 10 through 16, anyone who blasphemes God's holy name must be stoned. Native born or foreigner, didn't matter. Much of the rest, is it talks about the eye for an eye, and the laws on that, and murder, and it's the principle of the thing. So mm. if you blaspheme God's name, put them to death. Mm. Didn't matter who they were. In verse 23, uh, they obeyed God's instructions, and they stoned the man who blasphemed. He was a foreigner. They had come in. He blasphemed the name of God. There was a dispute. They took him out and stoned him. They obeyed. Uh, what does this mean for today? Anything that blasphemes God's name, mm-hmm. remove it completely from your life. Mm-hmm. So when you watch movies, when you watch things, when you hang out with people and all these things, is it okay to allow that in your life and still hang out with it and let it be a part of who you are? Well... God says, be holy for I'm holy. Mm-hmm. And a matter of fact, I'm preaching on that this coming Sunday. Uh, but, you know, we have to strive to be holy. It's just, it's not, you know, something that happens. You know, I know at salvation, God makes us holy for that moment. But, you know, once we receive crisis, we still live in this world. And this world is far from holy. And But we have to strive to live a life that's pleasing unto the Lord. And so I never want someone to pray the sin of salvation just to be born again, just to get to heaven. Uh, I, you know, it's much more than that. It is growing with Christ, learning to, to understand the Lord. And uh, 
you know, Sean, I gave my heart to the Lord many years ago. And, uh, and I can tell you, I have not regretted one day of serving the Lord. Uh, one day in your courts is a better than a thousand elsewhere. Amen. And uh, we sing that song, mm-hmm. and, uh, but most people don't have an understanding of having one day in the presence of God is better than anything in this world. Uh, but when you receive salvation and you develop a prayer life, prayer life is talking to God. It's uh, a lot of folks uh, struggle. I can't pray like you pray. Well, when I first started praying, I couldn't pray like I prayed today either. Uh, when I first started pr- praying, uh, it, it was a struggle to, to pray for an hour or, you know, an hour, 15 minutes. Uh, you know, I kind of patterned my life after Smith Wigglesworth on prayer. Uh, I loved it when I read in his book that uh, he never prayed longer than 15 minutes. I said, I can do that. But then as I continued reading, he never went 15 minutes without praying. So it was, I began to understand that every day that we pray throughout today, mm-hmm. uh, every situation we pray and God helps us. But going back to salvation, that's the number one key because nothing of this matters if you do not receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can get know the Hebrew, you can know the, the scriptures, you can have great knowledge, uh, but if you have never accepted him into as your Lord and Savior, then it's all for naught. So uh, today what we'd like for you to do, uh, if you uh, feel the spirit of the Lord drawing you, if you feel that uh, you know you need something in your life, then we invite you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you to forgive us of our sins. Yes, Lord. We ask you to come into our hearts and restore what the enemy has stolen. Take out of us everything that's unpleasing to you and put in us things that please you, Father. So, Lord, forgive us of our sins. Allow Jesus, and we accept him as our Lord and Savior, and invite him into our hearts today to wash away our sins. And, Lord, we thank you for salvation through Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, use me for your glory and your purpose. Lord, open my understanding to your teaching. And, Lord, uh, change my life to be pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, there's no set prayer. We can pray it different ways. Uh, but, you know, I, I so many people feel, well, I've done so much bad stuff that, I, that surely I, I can't be saved. Uh, you don't know what I've done. Uh, you know, it's just the same scenario. You don't know what I've been through. It doesn't matter what you've been through. Uh, you know, even when it comes to salvation, it doesn't matter what you've done. If you repent of your sins, you invite Jesus into your heart, then you will be saved. And I love the, the story of Jesus on the cross with a thief on either, either side. And uh, one mocked Christ on the cross. And the other one says, remember me when you come and go into your kingdom And Jesus said to that guy, he didn't say, well, what did you do? He didn't say how bad your life was. You know, you were, this man was tried and convicted and was on the cross. 
And Jesus said, this day you will be with me in paradise. So salvation is instant once you receive it. And it doesn't matter what anyone says. You're a new creation in Christ. Amen. And, you know, I just want to bring out one point. Uh, it's just something I thought of. If you've, uh, you know, in, in the Old Testament, the God expressly forbid them sacrificing their children to Molech. And I just want to bring out, you know, if someone did have an abortion and they're watching this uh, and you do want to get saved, but you don't feel that you're worthy, I want to point something out here. The child's spirit goes to heaven. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you don't bother to get saved, then someone else raises that child. Mm-hmm. You don't know when you'll die. or you do, You'll never meet them again. That's how serious this is. So it's serious for everyone to come to salvation, not just people who think they're righteous because your righteousness is as filthy rags. That's true. That's the scripture. That I, no matter how good I think myself or anyone else, uh, who's deserving of salvation? None of us. But he did it anyway. Mm-hmm. He did it anyway because he loves us. So... Pray that prayer, contact us, get get us on the email. We would love to hear from you, and I hope you have a great week or a great time. And no matter how much time has gone by, be sure to contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Amen. God bless you this week. God bless.